Today's show is sponsored by Megaport. Are you looking for an easier way to connect all your clouds that you're using? With Megaport's network as a service platform, you can spin up private connectivity to as many clouds as you want anywhere in the world in minutes, not months. All the world's top cloud service providers, such as AWS, Azure, Google, are already on the network and at your fingertips. And it's all software defined, no hardware necessary. Just point, click, and connect. So if you're looking for a way to improve network performance and security, lower cloud cost, and turn up hybrid cloud and multi-cloud connections quickly and easily, Megaport is the cloud connectivity solution for you. Learn more at megaport.com. That's megaport.com. Reimagine connectivity. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Hope everybody is doing well. Another Sunday Perspective show. And, you know, it's been about a month since uh, VMware was spun out, finally officially spun out from Dell Corporation uh, back into a, its own public company. And, you know, it's been about a, well, let's see, five, six-year journey from when uh, Dell originally acquired EMC, which included acquiring um, companies like VMware and Pivotal and some others, VirtuStream and some others. And, uh, you know, I thought it'd be interesting to sort of look back and see what did we learn? What did we learn from these five or six years? Um, and and not just necessarily completely dig into this. There's, there's been lots of sort of post postmortems of, of what's happened over the last few years and so forth. But, you know, we always like to kind of dive into, you know, what happens trends-wise? Are there things that we can learn from from these types of acquisitions? Are there things that we can learn when we see consolidation in the market? And, um, you know, especially when we see, uh, you know, big things happen in the market, you know, are there things that we can learn from that? So, I want to dive into that a little bit, dive into, um, you know, what happened to VMware? How did VMware grow? Did they grow? Were there lessons that could be learned here? Were there uh, good things that happened? Were there mistakes that happened? And I think uh, we're going to try and dive into more of that, kind of look at it from a few different perspectives right after the break. Today's show is brought to you by CBT Nuggets. You know how much we value ongoing education on the Cloudcast. And CBT Nuggets is exactly what Aaron and I wish we had when we were trying to get our certification early in our careers. CBT Nuggets is all about bringing a personalized touch to learning about cloud computing, virtualization, networking, DevOps, and much, much more. Whether it's their hands-on labs with personalized coaching or the online chat functions that come up with every instructor-led course, CBT Nuggets' team of experts is always there to help you get the most from your training and your PASA certification. You can check it all out at cbtnuggets.com slash cloudcast and sign up for a free trial. You get access to the full catalog of great training, including virtual labs, quizzes, and other premium features completely free for the first seven days. That's cbtnuggets.com slash cloudcast. And we're back. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, I want to dive a little bit into some of the lessons that we learned, what the industry learned, and kind of what have been the ramifications of really the largest tech acquisition that ever happened, which was back in 2015, uh, finalized in 2016. Uh, Dell made an offer of $67 billion for EMC, which, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, included companies like uh, VMware, included Pivotal. Uh, I believe at the time it included... Um, Virtustream as well, uh, although it may have happened right afterwards. Um, so a lot of different companies were part of the EMC umbrella. Uh, $67 billion uh, was the price tag for this acquisition. And I thought what we would do is sort of look at why did this acquisition happen in the first place? What were the motivations? Um, what sort of happened near term? What happened longer term? And how did we ultimately get to a point where uh, Dell decided that they needed to spin VMware back out as a 
public company uh, all on their own. So let's kind of go through this a little bit historically. So 2015, um, Dell is about two years into having gone from being a public company to having uh, taken themselves off of the public market and gone private. Uh, Michael Dell has structured financially um, the ability to basically buy back the company, uh, took on a lot of debt, <clears throat> and took the company back private uh, in working with a number of, of uh private equity companies. Now, they were trying to rebuild themselves. They were trying to rebuild their image as being more than just a PC company. Uh, the mobile market had exploded at that time. You know, the iPhone launched in 2007. So we we're five, six years into the iPhone being a phenomenon, Mac being uh, back as one of the most prevalent uh, desktop or, you know, laptop devices. And so Dell was sort of in a kind of in a tough spot. Um, you know, the server market was still big, but the cloud market, uh, you know, AWS and, and others had reached more than a billion dollars in revenue. And uh, people were like, well, you know, Dell, the Dells of the world aren't going to sell to the cloud provider. So, you know, you sort of looked at Dell and you said, well, uh, server provider, that's great. They do very well in servers. Um, they were still about a $50 billion company in 2015 around the time, uh, $50 billion in revenue around the time that this happened. Um, but it was, you know, it was, it was servers, it was laptops, it was, you know, desktops, it was some other things. They had their own uh, storage line. They OEM'd quite a bit of stuff from, from networking companies and other things. Um, but, you know, they really weren't in the limelight back in the way they were in the early 2000s. So they were trying to remake themselves. Um, there was a certain amount of consolidation of the enterprise market that Michael Dell was trying to take on. He wanted to bring together, um, you know, people were really beginning to look at AWS and Azure and others and saying, boy, they have, you know, all sorts of services from infrastructure to applications to databases to other things, uh, lots of regions around the world, you know, I can buy a lot of things from them. And so he was trying to make a huge move to consolidate a lot of buying capabilities uh, portfolio under one umbrella, and that was going to become the Dell Technologies umbrella. And so at the time, a uh, huge acquisition uh, had to go through about a year of scrutiny uh, in order to get finalized. So it was announced in 2015, finalized in 2016. And if we kind of look at where the world was at that point in time, um, you know, like I mentioned, uh, you know, VMware at the time was about a $6 billion company. Uh, EMC was about a $25 billion in revenue company. Um, Dell was about a $50 billion. But market cap wise, uh, market, uh, just in terms of the value of their companies, um, Dell had to take on a tremendous amount of debt, about $50 billion in debt, if I recall right. And I can go back and look at the number. So they took on a massive amount of debt to take on this deal. Um, and But what they had at the time, <clears throat> on paper at least, was the ability under one company umbrella to offer their customers everything from desktops to enterprise technologies, infrastructure, security, uh, application services through Pivotal, um, some cloud capabilities through VirtuStream. Um, you know, they had some capabilities that Dell also owned, like Boomi and some other capabilities, uh, you know, services that could come from people like EMC. They had lots of technology partners that they worked with through VMware and so forth. So a really, really broad, at least um, what people might call an old guard or an enterprise uh, sort of on-prem software and hardware-centric portfolio at the time. Um, and, you know, if we look at it, uh, around the time, like I said, the stock was around $70 a share. It fluctuated a little bit at the time. Um, and so, you know, you had this company, and from an enterprise perspective, uh, it, you know, it concerned a lot of different companies that were out there. You know, how will how will Dell uh, continue to partner? Um, how will they allow VMware to partner? Um, you know, how will they allow Dell to partner with other storage companies, network companies, and other things? So a lot of your expected concerns that came along about, you know, how will this shake itself out? 
Now, what was interesting is if you really think about it at the time, um, they were doing this partially to consolidate the enterprise market, um, you know, which made a lot of sense because there was still a ton, a ton of buying that was happening on premises with hardware and software, even though the cloud providers were growing like crazy. And by 2016, 2017, um, they were into the multiple billions of dollars of revenue and, you know, 100% growth, 80% growth. And so the question was, were they doing this to have an alternative competitor to a an Amazon, for example, or are they doing this really to consolidate the ability to buy for uh, for the enterprise customers who are going to be on premises, which you know is still a very very large amount of purchase, and and that gave them the ability to do things like raise prices and, and other types of things. So, you know, there was always this trade off in the uh, Dell VMware Dell Technologies thing of, you know, is this really there to to compete against Amazon and, and the cloud providers? Or is this there to kind of consolidate cash flow uh, within the enterprise and, and helpfully, uh, you know, in the case of Dell, uh, pay back this massive debt loan that they had, this debt service that they had to take care of and so forth? And I think if we really think about what happened, if we look at it purely from a numbers perspective, uh, you know, in terms of winners and losers in this thing as we get to where we are in 2021, um, you know, on one hand, uh, if you look at it purely financially, um, you know, Dell and especially Michael Dell uh, made out very, very well. They they heavily leveraged the debt in this situation. Uh, they've been able to take the cash flow from from all those businesses, EMCs, uh, partially VMware is their partial, still continue to be partial ownership of that. Dell, um, they've grown their, their server market share. So they have been able to pay down that debt. Uh, on the second hand, uh, VMware's shares, um, you know, got up as high as two hundred dollars, roughly two hundred and some odd dollars. Are back down to about one hundred and twenty dollars, give or take, uh, here around the first of December, twenty twenty one. So they were able to grow that stock price, uh, roughly sixty six percent, or you know, let's call it eleven percent year over year, which isn't, um, you know, isn't huge, but it's not terrible, terrible returns. I mean, it's obviously much less than, um, you know, an Amazon or Google or any of the FANG companies have been doing, but it's been, you know, reasonable uh, in terms of technology returns. Um, They've been able to grow revenues. So, I mean, um, Dell's revenues, so let's say they were 50 billion at the time of the acquisition 2016, EMCs were um, 25 billion, you sort of put those two together. So so they were basically starting around 75 billion. Um, They've since grown their revenues to 94 billion. So they've been able to drive um, that increased revenue. Um, you know, over the last five, six years, um, it's not been huge growth numbers, but again, uh, you know, single digit, uh, to double digit growth. Um, VMware has, like I mentioned, they've grown from $6 billion in revenue to nearly $12 billion in revenue. So VMware has seen about doubling of their business over the last six years. And they really haven't restricted VMware from being able to grow. They've done 26 acquisitions from 2016 to 2021. So, you know, to a certain extent, you look at this and you go, well, yeah, you know, the enterprise market as a whole, especially hardware and software, isn't growing nearly as fast as the cloud business, but it is still, uh, there is still healthy revenue to be gain, uh, gained there. There is profitability to be gained there. Um, and, you know, the Dell acquisition in that time frame um, did create positive, uh, not only shareholder uh, growth and so forth, but revenue growth. And so from that perspective, you sort of check those boxes and you go, yeah, uh, Michael Dell made money uh, as an individual investor in working with Silver Lake and some others, uh, private equity. Um, you know, Dell grew, uh, VMware grew, uh, they consolidated all of the EMware, uh, EMC's business under the Dell umbrella and so forth. And so from that perspective, it's been a positive. Um, the other thing is, uh, you know, AWS, where, I'm sorry, VMware went from 
um, you know, having their own cloud, uh, VMware cloud back in 2013, 2014 days, uh, that sort of went away. Uh, and, but they launched the uh, VMware and AWS offering in 2016. And, you know, between that offering, which is roughly about a billion dollar business at this point, and uh, the businesses they do in selling VMware, mostly virtualization software through cloud providers, that business is around $3 billion, maybe just a little more than $3 billion. But if you really think about, um, so so there have been some positive things. Uh, on the negative side, purely technology side, um, Pivotal didn't really pan out. Um, you know, it went IPO. Um, that was a positive. But after the IPO, the stock price, um, other than an initial pop, never really took off. Uh, they acquired VirtuStream to sort of get them into kind of enterprise cloud, SAP type of cloud. That business is more or less sort of fizzled out. I think there's still some revenants of it uh, around, but it's, you know, it hasn't taken off for the, uh, you know, billion dollar price they paid for that. You know, so there's been some some technology hit and misses, especially under the EMC umbrella. But I think the biggest miss people will go back and look at is, you know, this was, you know, answering, if, I, if we answer that question, um, if the question was, could we grow the enterprise business, um, consolidate the enterprise business, I think the answer to that is is yes. Uh, we could grow it at about the rate at which it's growing, maybe slightly bigger, like I said, between 8 and 12 to 15%. Okay, if that was the goal, great. Um, that probably wasn't the goal necessarily, the primary goal at a $67 billion uh, price tag. Now, granted, the cost of money over the last five to six years has been extremely inexpensive. Uh, you know, three, two, three, four percent interest rates. So money has been uh, very inexpensive. So they were able to to do this and finance it at very, very low rates. So maybe that was acceptable. But I think the other side of the coin was was, was this done to try and create, uh, you know, a consolidated alternative uh, to AWS or to Azure or to GCP? And I think to a certain extent, Dell and VMware would probably tell you, well. You know, we don't necessarily look at them as competitors. We look at them as as partners and so forth. But the reality is, their customers, just like every customer who has an option between hardware and software and cloud, is saying, you know, which one of these things do I buy? Where do I invest? Uh, you know, they voted with their dollars, and you know, as we've seen, that you know, just between the big three has become a hundred plus, hundred and twenty plus billion dollar market, growing at thirty to forty percent year over year, right over the last five, six, seven years. So in that instance, you know, did this acquisition create something that was going to change the mind of companies who had been had that option between buying hardware and software in the sort of traditional enterprise way and buying from the cloud? And I think the distinct answer to that is no, right? Now, while VMware has grown, you know, some amount of sort of SaaS-like business to roughly $3 billion over the last five or six years, um, you know, it's still not taken the the completeness of those resources that were pulled together and really create anything that was going to be disruptive to them. And I think, you know, as I think back upon, uh, you know, kind of the, what the last five or six years look like, you know, if you're sort of got a scorecard, uh, you know, from a financial engineering perspective, this has probably been an A plus, you know, an A plus by Michael Dell to get himself, um, you know, get his company grown uh, almost double in size, um, you know, take care of a lot of their debt, consolidate a lot of things. So that's probably an A plus for him. Um, you know, for Dell, the company, 
yeah, it's it's been okay. Um, you know, their back is a public company. We'll see where their stock goes. Um, you know, their their sort of back is a you know viable bu- bu- public thing after again having gone private in 2013. Um, well, they did uh, saddle VMware with a lot of debt, uh, about seven to ten billion dollars in debt as they left. VMware had to take a bunch of their cash and and transfer it over to to Dell. So, <clears throat> you know, they left VMware with a lot of debt, as often happens in these. Um, you know, debt-driven, uh, debt-centric uh, acquisitions, um, you know, we've seen over the years. Um, but I think, you know, the biggest sort of legacy of this is, you know, if the goal of this was financial engineering or to, uh, you know, consolidate and grow at basically the market rate, okay, you get an A or a B plus or an A minus or something. But if the goal of this in a bigger picture perspective was to create a significant alternative to the big three uh, to create uh, a different way for the enterprise customers, which is still, you know, the largest part of the market, and even the on-prem stuff is is larger than than what's in the cloud. But it's you know it's beginning to sort of normalize. Um, you know, I think the, I think the grade for that is is not great. Uh, it's probably you know a C or below, a D. Right. Um, some may say it failed in terms of you know when you look purely at at the amount that it grew and and how much it uh, how much it had uh, involved with that. So. You know, I think as we look back on it, um, you know, I think Michael Dell got out of it what he wanted to. Um, you know, we haven't seen, we didn't see a lot of people stay, uh, you know, at least in terms of pure leadership. Uh, a lot of the EMC leadership left. Um, there are still a few people, um, the folks that run sales, the folks that run services uh, for Dell Technologies, Dell EMC are still there, uh, former EMC people, uh, lots of Dell people still there. Uh, VMware has gone through a lot of churn. Pat Gelsinger obviously has left and gone to uh, Intel, we've seen a number of uh, VMware leaders leave and go to other places. Um, you know, and we've seen uh, you know some struggles uh, even for VMware to move beyond being infrastructure centric. Right, we mentioned Pivotal. We don't need to kind of keep harping on on the Pivotal piece of it, but you know they never really moved up the stack into applications. Never really moved into different delivery models of beyond cloud, at least at at any significant level to where the industry talks about them as, as over the last six, seven years with the massive amount of resources they had uh, and the massive amount of attention they had uh, to really move the needle. And I think that's, you know, what we sort of look back on, um, you know, is, is going to be the maybe the black mark, the black eye of this deal, uh, largest deal in technology industry. And unfortunately, what happens in these really, really large deals, and there have been many, many over the years, um, they're difficult, right? Um, they're often done late in the cycle. Uh, they're often done as, uh, you know, kind of a, a huge catch up. Oftentimes, again, they saddled some teams uh, and some companies with a lot of debt. Um, so, you know, I think as we look back on VMware now being public, uh, you know, basically they are still a, um, you know, software company. For the most part, uh, they're the last sort of great proprietary software company. Um, they're trying to expand into some new places, open source, and uh, some developer things, and a little bit of cloud stuff. But you know, they're sort of back where they were, right? The company that could have been so much bigger, so much more influential beyond just the enterprise uh, virtualization. They're kind of back to where they were. Uh, Dell is Dell, right? We think of them as the server company and the laptop company, but we don't think of them as really anything different than that. Um, and and everything else, okay, EMC's gone. But beyond that, I think we don't think about what happened here as really anything more than 
a lot of financial engineering and some amount of growth, but uh, you know nothing that was really, really uh, that special. Um, you know, in the bigger picture of things, something that really changed the market. So that's sort of a disappointing aspect of of something that uh, you know was such a such a moonshot and, and had maybe so much potential uh, at the time in 2015 and 2016. So with that, uh, you know, I think there were some lessons we learned. I think there was some things that we saw repeated in terms of historical context. Um, you know, and there was probably some opportunities that were missed. And, and obviously, um, you know, for people that lived inside of VMware or lived inside of EMC or Dell or VirtuStream or Pivotal, uh, there's probably lots of stories that could be told of what could have been done better. But, uh, you know, I think we'll look back on this as, um, you know, again, uh, more of a financial engineering feat than a, you know, technology innovation uh, market changing thing. And um, it is what it is. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's always good to look back on these significant situations uh, within our industry, uh, look back on them from a time perspective, look back on them from a timing perspective. Um, you know, and, and again, uh, they may not have impacted you, but they're good to have as historical context for the next, um, you know, situation that happens in our in our industry and, and maybe how people will, will react to it. So with that, I'm going to wrap up. Thanks you all for listening. As always, the Sunday perspectives, we always get great feedback. We're getting close towards the end of the year. Uh, there'll be a couple of more shows, um, you know, industry, uh, you know, kind of uh, interviews and Sunday perspectives. We're going to have a few wrap up shows. We're going to do an AWS uh, recap, uh, reinvent show. We're going to do some year end shows and prediction shows. So, uh, you know, December is always kind of wrapping up, uh, kind of being thankful, spending some time with family. There will be shows every Wednesday and Sunday, except for the very last one of the year. And I uh, hope everybody's doing well with that. And then we'll get into uh, 2022. Wow, 2022. We are almost there, one month away. So thank you all for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Thanks for helping us grow the show. Um, we'll have some numbers that we'll uh, publish uh, in the end of the year show, but it's been a really, really good year. So thank you to everybody. And with that, I'll wrap up and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 